Hello, and welcome back to Situational Social Security, where we review situations that are unique to clients and learn about how advisors are using social security knowledge in their practice. My name is Mark Kiner, a 35-year CPA and co-founder of the National Social Security Advisor Certificate Program here with my co-host and co-founder, Jim Blair. Jim is a social security guru with 35 years experience working for the Social Security Administration. Welcome back, Jim. Good to be here. Hope you mowed your lawn. Of course, oh. I think we're expecting some rain down the road. Yeah, it's looking like it's going to rain all week. So uh, I did get it mowed. That's good. But it's just going to grow again. And here, Jim, I made a decision on my house. I'm going to be taking out all the shrubbery and bushes uh, for next year and just putting new stuff in there. Sounds exciting. And I got my grill fixed today, Jim. I was excited about that. All right. On today's episode, which is number three, we will be talking about married couples and the unique social security situations they find themselves in. But before we get into it, a reminder for any new listeners out there that we educate advisors across the country about social security through our eight-hour National Social Security Advisor Certificate Program. If you take our class, you will receive two years of support from us and a very shiny pin to wear to all of your family gatherings. To learn more about us, please visit our website, PremierNSSA.com. Again, our website is PremierNancySamSamApple.com. So, Jim, on today's podcast, we want to talk about married couples. We've been doing consultations, Jim, since 2010. So I guess this is what, maybe years 10 and 11 into doing consultations. And we've done about 1,500 or so over that time period. Not we. You've done 1,500 over that time period. Well, I think you've done one or two. <laughs> I think I did. I remember one guy came in because uh, I didn't put it on your calendar that uh, he was going to be here. And then I met somebody in Cleveland. I did one there. And I met somebody uh, at, at a restaurant a, about two years ago, and she wanted to talk about uh, benefits off of her ex-spouse. So I guess I have done three over over the 10-year time period. So three out of 1,500, not a bad percentage, I would say. Yeah. The <laughs> clients don't pay for my advice, Jim. They pay for yours. Jim, talk about your experience level with the Social Security Administ Administration before we talk about these clients of ours. Yeah, as you mentioned, I worked there for 35 years and did a number of jobs. I uh, did start off as a service representative. It's a good base because they help people who are already receiving benefits and they're having some type of issue that needs to be straightened out. Did that for a few years, I guess about seven. Moved into the claims taking part of it and took claims for retirement survivors, disability and health insurance. Took those claims for about 10 years and then moved into the management end of it and ended up spending nine years as a district manager of the PICWA, Ohio office. So all that experience gave me different perspectives on the Social Security program overall. So, Jim, 35 years with the Social Security Administration, 10 years with us together. So you've been working in the Social Security space for about 45 years. Yeah, not bad for somebody that's just like 42 At years 32 old. 32 years yeah. of old. That's what I was thinking too, Jim. So, Jim, let's talk about some of our clients. Here's the first uh, scenario I want to talk to you about. We have John, who's 66, and Joan is 45. They have a 10-year-old son. John and Joan want to understand if any benefits are payable to their son. 
They were concerned with they were concerned with John taking his benefits prior to age seventy and not maximizing widow benefits. So Jim, we talk about this in our class all the time. John can take his benefits at age sixty six, let's assume that's his full retirement age, or he can wait to age seventy. What are the benefits, Jim, for having to having John take his benefits now at his full retirement age? Well, the nice thing about John taking his benefit is it would allow his 10-year-old child to also receive a benefit. And it's going to be equal to half of his primary insurance amount or his full retirement age benefit. Uh, The son can't draw those benefits until John files for his. If he waits until age 70, certainly his benefits are going to be increased. The child's benefit, though, remains the same. It's still just half of his full retirement age benefit, not the age 70 benefit. So he's given up benefits for four years. That being said, that's not their only consideration. Certainly, you want to think about, do we give up four years of the child's benefits just to get John a higher monthly benefit amount? But we would want to look at, would there be a benefit payable to the child's uh, mother in that case? Uh, Is she old enough to draw spousal benefits? Or because the child is young enough, she could draw the child and care benefits. But also, how important are the survivor benefits? With John taking benefits at full retirement age, it's not going to be as high as they would be at his age 70. How important is that? Most of the time, it offsets waiting till age 70, and you're better off taking those benefits earlier. But it's still something to think about. So, Jim, we know that. Let's throw some figures in here. John's benefit at his full retirement age, or his PIA, is let's just say it's two thousand bucks a month. We know that their that their son is eligible for a thousand dollars a month as a child, and then the child in care benefit we also call that young mother's benefit. Jim is also a thousand dollars per month. But there's something that's going to impact the benefits payable to their son and also to Joan. What's that provision that's going to impact the amount they they receive? Yeah, that provision is called the family maximum. What that means is each PIA. Each record has a maximum benefit that Social Security will pay off of that record. Now, the worker always gets their full benefit. Their benefit is never reduced because of the family maximum. But if you have two or more other individuals drawing off of that person's work record, they're not going to receive their full benefit because of the family maximum. Each of those individuals will see their benefit reduced based on whatever the family maximum turns out to be. I know we run through this type of scenario in our class, Jim. Let's just say the family maximum is $3,500. John will receive his benefit of of $2,000. That means the remaining $1,500 will be split between their son and also Joan. So they'll both receive $750. Correct. So so the decision would be, is the $1,500 additional dollars they'll receive worth more than the additional surviving spouse benefit Joan will see will receive upon John's passing. Jim, there's a 21-year age difference between John and Joan. I tend to believe that him waiting to age 70, foregoing the benefits to the son and also to Joan, his spouse, uh, waiting to age 70 would, would provide more money over the long term because she's going to survive him by 25 years, maybe longer with the advancement in, uh, me- in medical breakthroughs. So maybe, Jim, John Wayne Tate, 70, maybe that makes more sense. And that's something that they have to take into consideration before they apply. They just don't want to 
run down to Social Security when you could and file an application, you want to look at the various options, see which ones make more sense over the long haul, not just what makes sense today, but what makes sense later on. And so their situation is a little different. That's why we call it situational Social Security. Their situation is different than most everybody else, and they need to look at each of those options and decide which one is best for us. So, Jim, you mentioned, uh, you made a little slide comment just about three minutes ago, if you could. What what did you mean by that? Visiting Social Security office, if you could? What do you mean by that, Jim? Well, we know that 2020 is a very weird year. And currently, the Social Security offices are not open to the public. You can call the 800 number and speak with someone. And if you need someone from the local office to contact you, uh, they will give you a phone call. But you cannot walk into the office. We don't know when that's going to change. Uh, Last I heard, it's going to be at least through the end of this fiscal year, which takes us through the end of September. But that was a big at least. Uh, It could go longer than that. Uh, It's a good possibility. It may go through the rest of the year. We just don't know. But the good news, Jim, from some recent experience is that the Social Security folks are a little more responsive when you call the 800 phone number, 800-772-1213. I've learned from somebody who recently had to call that there was only a 15-minute wait to talk to somebody at the Social Security Administration. And to get a return phone call just to file an application, that was only a two- or three-week wait. So if those numbers really uh, prove correct going forward, and they really don't change a whole lot, then that's a nice change from what our thinking was several months ago. Yeah, and a similar uh, piece of information on that, I, I helped somebody apply for their Social Security benefits a couple of weeks ago. And within about 10 days of them filing their application, they received their first payment and uh, are now set up and ready to go. So the Social Security Administration will tell you, you have to give them up to 60 days. But these people had their claim processed and payment issued within about 10 days. Very good. Not saying everybody's going to have that service, but the, the good news is we know it is out there. Jim, before we go into our next uh, example or scenario, talk about what is PIA? What does that mean? PIA stands for primary insurance amount. And this is a term that the Social Security Administration uses when they compute your benefit. They go through that process of looking at your high 35 years and coming up with that number that they tell you at your full retirement age you're going to receive. The PIA is equal to your benefit at your full retirement age. It's used to determine all sorts of benefits. It's the base, basically, of the Social Security benefits, whether it's retirement, spousal benefits, child's benefits, survivor benefits, even disability benefits. There's a PIA for just about everything. And it's just the term they use when they go through that computation process. So PIA, Jim, is the amount of benefit you're eligible at your full retirement age. Exactly. So, So please, folks, remember that. Joe's PIA, Jim, is $2,500. Jane's PIA is zero, which means she basically did not have 40 credits and is not eligible for her own Social Security benefits. Both of them were born in 1954 and turned full retirement age in 2020. 
They wondered if Joe should take his benefit now to allow Jane to receive a spousal benefit, or should Joe wait to age 70? So, Jim, this is a question that comes comes up all the time. Should the husband take his benefit at his full retirement age and allow and, and it, which would allow a spouse to receive a spousal benefit as soon as the spouse reaches age 62? Or should Joe wait to age 70, maximize those delayed retirement credits, thus maximizing the surviving spouse benefit when he's gone? But now that delays benefits to Jane, and now she's, she can't claim for another four years. Jim, please talk about that, that uh, scenario. Sure. So let's, let's just look at Joe's right now. $2,500, he could wait until age 70 and get about 3300 That also would mean the survivor benefit is higher. And that sounds pretty good. Of course, the bad news is he has to wait until age 70 to get that amount. But that's something he could do. Now, that's about a 12 and a half year break-even point. So between Joe receiving benefits and his spouse receiving a survivor benefit, they would receive the same amount of money from Social Security, whether he starts at 66 or age 70. But we're going to throw Jane into the mix now. She can't draw any benefits until he applies. So we're not only giving up $2,500 for those four years from age 66, his full retirement age, until age 70, but Jane's giving up her spousal benefit of $1,250. Now we're talking about uh, $3,750 a month that they're giving up instead of $2,500. When we look at that, along with the fact that we're not increasing Jane's benefit any, uh, just Joe's. At age 70, she's still going to get half of the $2,500. We're looking at maybe more of an 18 to 19-year break-even point, or age 88, 89, before they just get the same amount of money from Social Security as if they had started with Joe at age 66. So probably the only possible reason for Joe to wait until age 70 is if Jane absolutely needed 3300 instead of 2500 if she survives him. But in the long run, they're better off him taking benefits earlier. Now you mentioned, Jim, that her benefit would not go up if Joe waits age 70. But that's really not the case. What would increase Joe's PIA? which would increase her spousal benefit. Any thoughts? Well, a couple of things. If he's working and his earnings are high enough that we're replacing the lowest year used in the computation, the PIA will increase because of his earnings. Also, the cost of living increase will, will increase that as well. But it's, it's not increased for the delayed retirement credits. Joe's getting that 8% a year on top of all of that, on top of the earnings increase, on top of the cost of living. So they get that factored in whether they take the benefits or not, but uh, her benefit is still half of his PIA, not half of his age 70 benefit. So Jim, are you telling me that delayed retirement credits do not increase PIA? Because I kind of thought they did. They do not. The PIA stays the same and the delayed retirement credits uh, gives you a percentage increase on top of that PIA, but it does not increase the PIA. Are you going to stick with that answer? That's my final answer. I stick with it. Okay. Let's go to the next one, Jim. Here we have a client. His name is Sam. Sam was born in 1953. So, Jim, when I say somebody was born in 1953, what's the first thing that you think of? 
He's, he's old. He's younger than you. Oh, he's yeah. Well, that's true. He is younger than me. Now, what else do you think about? But he's also potentially eligible for the restricted application. Very good. So Joan, his wife, was born in 1955. Sam's PIA Jim is 2,500, and Joan has also has a PIA of 1,500 bucks a month. They have heard about the restricted application strategy but do not understand how it works or if it applies to them. So, Jim, talk about how they would benefit by using the restricted application. To take advantage of the restricted application, Joan would apply for her benefits and receive a Social Security benefit. Sam would not file on his record, but instead file as a spouse on Joan's work record. His benefit, the $2,500 He'll see a, that 8% increase added on top of that. But in the meantime, he can draw half of her 1500 So uh, he's getting money while his own benefit increases. Joan's getting money because she files on her own. But they cannot do this until she applies for benefits. Got it. So that's a very common strategy, Jim. We might have a wife file for her own benefits uh, maybe at as early as age 62. That's something to think about. Husband would wait to age 70, maximize his delayed retirement credits. But Jim, if he was born by 1-1-54, then he has the opportunity to file for spousal benefits while his benefits grow and earn those delayed retirement credits. So Jim, that's a very common strategy that we make sure at the end of the day when we teach our class that advisors understand how that works. Now, Jim, I've always heard that there are six months worth of retroactive benefits which somebody might be eligible for. And this relates to our next client. We have Sid and Chloe. They're both age 68. Their PIAs are basically identical at 2000 bucks a month. They heard about the opportunity to file six months worth of retroactive benefits, but they're not sure how that, wor- how that would work. So, Jim, let's talk about the six months worth of retroactive benefits. But let's also talk about how that could work when it comes to filing a restricted application. The uh, retroactive benefit is available to someone who is full retirement age or older. When you apply for benefits, you can elect benefits to begin in the past, meaning uh, if you filed in uh, July of a year, you could actually begin your benefits in January if January of that year you were full retirement age or older. So you can back up as much as six months in selecting your benefits. Social Security will send you a check for six months worth of benefits. You do lose the delayed retirement credits you earned for those six months, but that is a possibility. Now, with with Sid and Chloe, technically, yes, they could both apply and they could both have six months of retroactive benefits available. But with them being age 68, we know they were both born but before January 1st of 1954, what they want to at least think about, one of them filing for their own Social Security benefit and the other one filing a restricted application. And that's a very common strategy, Jim. So we'd have Chloe, we might have Chloe file for her own benefits. She'll get 2000 bucks plus the delayed retirement credits. Sid would file a restricted application to claim a spousal benefit. And they can belt, they can take those benefit, those applications back six months for retroactive uh, filing. Yes. That's a very powerful strategy. There's no doubt about it. Finally, Jim, we have one more here. 
Uh, Betty's PIA is fifteen hundred bucks. She turned age sixty-two in January. Her husband Albert's PIA is twenty-five hundred. PIA, Jim, we know is the full retirement age benefit, and he's age sixty-five. They wondered if Betty should take her benefit early. And, uh, so let's talk about that first. So she just she turned age sixty-two about six months ago. So Jim, should she take her benefit early? She'll get fifteen hundred dollars reduced by whatever the reduction factor is. And maybe Albert, he can wait. He can either take his benefit at sixty-five or he can wait to age sixty-six. So let's talk about the benefits, Jim, of somebody t- of of a wife taking her benefit early. Well, if you take your benefit before your full retirement age, it's reduced for age roughly about a half a percent a month. If you just want to do the quick math, technically, uh, for the first thirty-six months, it's five ninths of one percent, and then any months after that, five twelfths of one percent. So it is easier using half a percent. But basically she would see a reduced benefit. Now, based on her PIA, she's not going to be eligible for a spousal benefit, so she's just looking on her own, and she'll have to decide. But the other thing that will factor in is she's still working. And if she is, the earnings test is going to apply. So here we have Betty maybe taking her benefit at age 62. She'll collect uh, whatever the reduced amount would be. Albert can take his benefit at 65 or any place between 65 and 870. No doubt. Okay. Uh, Jim, and if Albert was born by 1154, he could file that restricted application. And he probably did. Well, if he was born by 1154, I don't know if he was for sure. Expand on that uh, strategy, please. Yeah, if Betty filed for her benefit at age 62, and he filed by 1154, or was born by 1154, not filed, uh, then... He could file the restricted application, still save his till sometime, maybe as late as age 70, earn those delayed retirement credits, and but in the meantime, draw a check. The key, though, Betty has to apply for uh, him to receive that benefit. So she begins her benefit. He'll go ahead and file that restricted application. So he'll receive some money while his benefits grow and earn those delayed retirement credits. That's a very neat strategy, Jim. And that's definitely what we consider to be situational Social Security. Every client of advisors across the country will be in a different situation. And the advisor needs to understand the questions and issues that relate to each one of their clients. Thank you all for joining us today. As you may be able to tell, we really love talking Social Security, the biggest, best annuity that we just happen to be signed up for already. As a reminder, if you're interested in learning more about Social Security, our course covers everything from A to Z, and you will receive the gold standard of support from Jim and I. And if you're interested in coming onto the show, go ahead and send us a message in the contact page at our site, PremierNSSA.com. That's PremierNancySamSamApple.com. If you like the show, Would you do us a favor and leave us a review on your favorite podcasting app? We would greatly appreciate it as it will help others find our show. As a reminder, none of the information we have provided is financial advice. We have not considered your retirement situation. Please consult with your financial advisor before making any decisions.